أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم إن شاء الله like we said yesterday إن شاء الله we'll read there's a short work um, but a very mubarak uh, uh, work written by uh, the Sheikh Ahmed Zarruq رحمه الله تعالى who was a native of this fast and who was a, a, a great Sheikh of of hadith and of fiqh he was a muhaqqiq of the maliki madhab meaning that his opinions are considered authoritative within the madhab and he also was a great sheikh of the tariqa qutb of the tariqa shadiliya and uh, um, just a person of very amazing insight his words have a lot of barakah in them uh, and so he wrote a short a very short work it's essentially just like a pamphlet uh, it's called risalatu usul at-tariq and the reason i wanted to share it um, is that spirituality is part of the deen, but spirituality, the word itself, it's become a very like a, a discount Whole Foods, uh, you know, type of idea and concept. And uh, uh, people don't understand how it connects with the deen of Islam. Some people, Allah Ta'ala gave, gave them enough insight to understand there is something uh, called spirituality that speaks to the heart but even then it's uh, uh, something that f- in most people's minds whether they admit it or not uh, it's they consider it as something extra or on top of what the regular deen is and uh, uh, that's a complete uh, that's a complete misconception uh, of what the deen is uh, when I say misconception I mean it's a wrong aqidah it's a wrong aqidah regarding tasawwuf, and more dangerously, it's a wrong aqidah regarding Islam. Uh, 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 it's an aqidah problem. So I thought we'd talk about tasawwuf in order to rectify, <laughs> in order to rectify people's aqid, inshallah. And it's nice, uh, it's nice to hear these things again. And the words of the mashayikh have barakah in them. Uh, and and sometimes you may understand something yourself, but you don't know how to explain it to somebody else. So uh, by hearing the words of the mashayikh, you can have a more you can have you can have a more like, clear and concrete and definitive way of explaining it to people. So usul is a word; uh, uh, it means literally it's a plural plural of roots. Um, and in in kind in Islamic intellectual discourse, usul mean those things that are universal, those rules that are universal. So. Um, you know, for example, in in, in in the you know in fiqh, uh, the ulama may disagree with one another with regards to should you say amin out loud or not, or should you say the bismillah out loud or not, or things like this. Those are furu'a. Furu'a means branches. Those may differ, but the usul are the same. The tree have all the branches of the tree; they share the same usul. And uh, uh, so. In, in in intellectual Islamic intellectual discourse, um, the the meaning of the word the meaning of the word usul is uh, those things that are universal. Please sit up. Sit up. Uh, the, those things that are universal, they're shared across the board by everybody, regardless what their differences of opinion are and things like that. So this is the usul not of fiqh or of tafsir or of hadith. This is the usul of the tariq, the path to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Um, meaning a person's spiritual journey toward Allah Ta'ala, the journey of their heart toward Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to get from the point of where we are right now 
the day in which wealth and progeny will not benefit a person uh, nothing will benefit a person except for uh, uh, the one who comes to Allah Ta'ala with a heart free from blemish free from, free from impurity and free from flaw uh, so these are the usul of the tariq because oftentimes when you ask someone about the soul if someone say it means singing nasheeds another person will say it means dancing in an ecstatic state if you ask somebody they'll say it means smoking weed and getting close to god if you ask somebody it will say celebrating the molid if you ask somebody and even though i'll admit that's a difference of opinion that's fine but even the people who celebrate the mawlid, the ones who have any insight at all know that that's not what the soul is if it was what the soul was then the sahaba radiallahu anhum didn't practice it uh, uh, you know, it's it, it doesn't make sense. Those are furu'i issues. Someone might say, "Well, nasheed, there's some nasheeds that make my heart feel so much iman." But that's fine. Nobody's saying that's not it's haram or whatever. Smoking weed is probably haram, even if you do feel closer to Allah Taala when you do it. It's still haram. So that's that's khair. That's not that's kind of open shut issue. But the thing is that all of these issues are furu'i. And the, 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 the person who has a aql, has like a, a, an in, intellect that works properly, that person tries to abstract and understand things at their usuli level, understand it at the ground level. Um, because if you know how to conceive of something, then you can understand the things that you weren't told specifically. If you know what the sawaf is at an usuli level, then when you come across issues in your suluk, in your travel uh, along, the, along your path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that your shaykh didn't tell you about you'll be able to use your brain and figure out something about it. Um, whereas whereas uh, if you're only told what to do, what to do, when your sheikh is gone, your entire world is going to fall apart. And, uh, you know, there is a lot of importance uh, uh, placed both uh, uh, in suluk and culturally speaking as well in the Muslim world on, on respecting your teachers and respecting your elders um, and you'll never, you'll never reach the, the maqam of your mashayikh. One of the reasons for that is even if you become better than them, because they're the ones who guided you along the path, they're still getting all the reward for what you, for what you achieved. So you'll, never, you'll absolutely never be better than them. It's just not possible. It doesn't work that way. Um, however, uh, that being said, the point of tasawwuf is not for you to become like kind of free slave labor after post-civil war uh, for, for, for your sheikh. The point is, is that that you're, you're, you're listening to their instructions uh, helps you to take what they have and then be a good person uh, uh, and save yourself as well. And with that, the sheikh receives help by your, by your progress. With your progress, your, your sheikh will receive progress as well. And I'm not just talking about your sheikh and to so if everyone, even the person who taught you Alif Batata as a kid, all of them, if they're sincere and they know, you know, they know something about the deen, all of them wish for you to be successful. Um, and so the point of teaching the usul of the tariq is what? Is that, that rather than being the person that when your shaykh dies, you completely like implode and some people, uh, 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 some people will leave the deen, some people will stop doing what they do uh, uh, in terms of their dhikr and their activity and whatever. Instead of that, that you carry the, you know, that you don't be the person that the baton is handed to you and you drop it or you sit down while the whole rest of the race passes you by, that you grab it running and you, you, you take it to the next, uh, you take it to the next, uh, to the next runner. And uh, that's a concept that's not, it's not something that you have to, you know, go like to a quote-unquote Sufi gathering to understand. Allah Ta'ala Himself says in, in His book, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ 
إلا رسول قد خلت من قبله الرسل فإما تأقتلن قلبت على أعقابكم فمن ينقلب على عقبه فلن يضر الله شيئا وسيجزي الله الشاكرين Allah Ta'ala said about the Prophet وسلم, something only he could say. If anyone from the Ummah said it, then we would probably burn him for blasphemy. But Allah Ta'ala said it, and he's the only one who can say it. And he conveyed the truth through it. That Muhammad وسلم, is, a, is but a messenger. Uh, and there are other messengers that have come and go from before him. If he dies or is killed, will you turn on your heels and run away? Uh, and Allah Ta'ala says, if you turn on your heels and run away, it doesn't harm Allah Ta'ala in the least. However, the people who don't do that and who are thankful to Allah Ta'ala and keep go, taking the work forward, Allah will reward them. And the occasion of this being revealed was on the, the day of Uhud when many of the Muslims thought that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was, was shaheed fi sabilillah. Uh, um, many of them out of depression, they just kind of dropped out of the battle. They didn't know what, what to do anymore. And the idea is this, is that you should imbibe as much of this, uh, of these teachings in yourself, so that, that uh, uh, you also, the minute that the shaykh is not physically with you, you, you know, the, the teachings and the, 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 the suluk and all that doesn't become absent. Uh, because we become really bad about this, and we, we learned it from other people, <clears throat> and we've taken it to the next level of being like really pious in one gathering, and really smart in another gathering, and really something else in another gathering, and just literally, we literally change our clothes, we change our appearance, we change the same person, literally uh, their appearance in Ramadan is different than their appearance in the rest of the year, their appearance in Hajj is very different from, and I, I get the fact that there is some necessity for that as well, because of the awkward and uh, 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 awkward uh, uh, circumstances that we're in, there's some necessity for it. But the point is that, you know, you know, if you have to do that hustle between the masjid and between work, you cannot let it happen to your heart. Because if it happens to your heart, you're going to have problems. You're going to have big problems in this world. You're going to have big problems in the hereafter. And Allah Ta'ala doesn't love the two-faced person. It's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that a person who's two-faced in this world, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is not, going to, is not going to speak to him, meaning he's not going to accept that person's petitions and their, their du'as on the Day of Judgment. Uh, so the idea is what is that this is a I mean this is a really it's a big issue right and the death of uh, of a, uh, first of all the person who you took bay'ah with is not the only one who's your sheikh bay'ah is an outward uh, form it didn't even exist in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi in the sense that the Sufis have it nowadays they used to take the oath of fealty from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi but it was everything it was spiritual political it was it had a different it had a different quality to it. The bay'ah you take with somebody, even if you physically don't put your hands inside of their hands, if your heart has connection with them, khalas, that person is like that person is in the spiritual world. That person is your sheikh. Uh, and and uh, on the flip side, if you take bay'ah with somebody and you don't have that connection inside of your heart in the spiritual world, it's as if nothing happened. And so there are many people. They they have a sheikh, for example, people we might not even associate with the sof, but they're taking the spiritual faith from that person, and. Lest a person think it's funny, just the amount of ruhaniyah and spirituality that comes with having la ilaha illallah in your heart, you can affect other people with it. You're not supposed to go around and be like, okay, I'm going to affect people. But it happens, it affects people. And so what happens, the death of your shaykh is what? It's not just the physical death of your shaykh. There's other things that can happen that your shaykh dies. The person you thought is a person of, of some sort of like superstar, angelic, superman, uh, 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 
quality of, of infallibility, and then you realize, oh my God, this is a human being. And then people collapse and they leave the dean, all this, et cetera, et cetera. The point is what? Learn the teachings when you, you know, when you see something from somebody that reminds you that they're a human being, then you should give them nasiha and you should ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive them. If it's bad enough that it necessitates that you no longer take from that person, that's fine. The point is, is that whatever happens with people, your, your saluk uh, along this tariq shouldn't, shouldn't ever collapse. Theoretically, it's a sign of your iman that even if you found out the next day that, you know, uh, that your shaykh is uh, a complete fraud, like, you know, if you saw Mulvi Hamza sitting on the street corner doing something like really inappropriate, he's like smoking weed with like, you know, whatever the crips or something like that, or the bloods, because I'm an open-minded guy, uh, uh, you know, it's okay, this guy's not, maybe he wasn't the person we should learn deen from anymore, but it doesn't mean that your deen should stop. Uh, so that's the, 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 the benefit of, 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 of reading this usul, the usul of the tariq that was written by Sidi Ahmed Zarruq. And I'm scratching the surface to people who understand these ulum properly, then they'll be able to unpack much more meaning from, from it. But inshallah, we'll just take the first kind of like overhead flight level glance. And uh, maybe Allah Ta'ala will open up more meaning for us uh, at another time. Allahumma, bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wassalamu ala rasulihi sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam ajma'in. Allahumma rabbi yassir wa la tu'assir wa tammim bil khair wa bika nasta'in. Allahumma rabbi yassir wa la tu'assir wa tammim bil khair wa bika nasta'in. Allahumma rabbi yassir wa la tu'assir wa tammim bil khair wa bika nasta'in. Qala radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, usulu tariqatuna, afwan, khamsatu ashya'a. The Shaykh Ahmed Zarruq, rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, he, uh, uh, he he said, "Qaddas Allahu Sirrahu." What does it mean? Sir is one of the names for the heart. It literally means secret, right? Because people say, "Oh, may Allah Taala sanctify a secret," and people think it's some sort of like weird dimension X like secret. That it, it it's not. I mean, it's a big it's a big dua to make, but it's not like something that has some sort of mystical meaning that you only, when you get to level 27, you'll understand. Like, it's not like that. Taqdis uh, uh, means to exalt something above blemish. And the sir is the heart. Meaning, if the day of judgment is, Allah Ta'ala, remove any, any blemish that may be in his heart so that his heart is accepted by Allah Ta'ala. Uh, um, uh, 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 he said that the usul of our tariqah or the usul of our path to Allah Ta'ala is in five things this is a very deceptively simple text by the way there's some point in memorizing it because it's very easy to memorize and then pondering over the points like later on like digesting it later while you go through life the first one uh, is is to fear Allah Ta'ala when uh, alone and when in public uh, and when you're alone, nobody else sees you. Allah Ta'ala sees you. So the person thinks, it's not even shaitan, it's just the nafs itself. I'm a slob anyway. Allah Ta'ala knows that I'm a slob, so I may as well stop trying. You know, I agree. Allah Ta'ala knows who we really are. No matter how fancy and schmancy we are in public, Allah knows who we are. But that's not a reason to stop trying. You should try at least a little bit. Even when you're, when you're alone, maybe you'll get more mileage out of the little bit of taqwa that you had when you were alone uh, versus the like, you know, super pietitis show that we put on in front of one another. 
Um, is then the flip side is that in public some people their fitna is when they're alone some people their fitna is when they're in public why? because other people see them they see other people and they get affected by what other people say or they're afraid of what other people are going to say things like that so there's, a, there's, there's kind of like there are two sides of the same coin that you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're uh, in private and in public uh, following the sunnah of Rasulullah both in things that you say and in things that you do and so uh, Rasulullah said the dua is what Mukh literally means what in the modern Arabic it means like your, 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 your skull right uh, uh, or your the 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 brain which is the area inside the skull. In the classical language, it means a hollow space within a bone. Um, and so here, it's 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 uh, uh, used to mean it's the core of it's the core of core of your worship is to ask Allah Taala for things. And uh, uh, um, the aqwal of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I mean, in general, it's the hadith, but the duas of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Moana Anwar Shah Kashmiri, Khatimatul Hufad. He was the 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 Sheikh al-Hadith of Darul Ulum Deoband at the turn of the century, and he was not only a hafiz of hadith, he had a photographic memory. They say that he he would uh, he could remember not only when he he read books, every book he read once, and he could remember what page everything was on and where in the page it was. He literally had a photographic memory. He just didn't forget things. Um, and so uh, 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 he was a, a very unique master of, of 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 the ulum in general. He's the one, you know, the Dora Dora hadith, uh, the the reading of the six books Hasita. Before him, it used to be read just continuously sardan, like the way the old muhaddithin used to read them. And uh, they would they would maybe stop and discuss a couple of issues, but it was m- more a, 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 a kind of a ritualized reading of the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam with sanad. Uh, when Mulan Anwar Shah was became the Shaykh al Hadith, the man knew so much he would just stop and comment on everything. So you'll find this in this book, this in that book, this in the other book, the other thing. This has related related to this that. And so what happened was it completely ch- changed the the way they taught hadith. Because after he left, then the students are like, they missed his darsh, so other people would try to be like him. But who, who can be like him? Uh, uh, but he said that if you want to know what Rasulullah was thinking, or have an insight into what he was thinking when, when, when different things happened in his life, then reflect over the dua that he made at that time. Because oftentimes you'll see different in different occasions, you know... Things would happen, and he would he would he would say something. And certain things are are uh, uh, adat, like using the restroom and entering the masjid. Those are those are like habits, right? And certain things, it was just a time in his life something happened, and he said he said he made some dua. Uh, that's how you'll know what Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was thinking. That's why it's important to remember the duas of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It's more than just like a ritualized incantation for protection and things like that. All of that's also there, uh, and there's great benefit in that as well. But it have, helps you again to have insight into what you know the usul of of of, of, of the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And people have left the, the even acting on the sunnah uh, outwardly in their actions. There's great benefit and barakah in that as well. Uh, and that is what tasawuf is. It's not. It's not. You know, 
again, getting high and then feeling all spiritual. It's not, it's not those things. If there was some spirituality in getting high, then people better than us would have done it. Uh, and the number three is Al-I'radu an al-Khalqi wal-Iqbalu ala Allahi. Sorry, Al-I'radu an al-Khalqi fil iqbali wal-Idbar. The third one, and this is really important, uh, and it's almost uh, neglected, it's completely, it's mentioned from discussions with regards to deen nowadays, which is what is completely turning your back on worrying about whether people like you or they don't like you. I'rad, right? Uh, it, it, it means to like to just t- turn away from something. And iqbal uh, uh, is that, are the people coming toward you or are they going away from you? Completely not, not caring about that. The two possibilities, whether someone likes you or doesn't like you, both possibilities becoming completely equal. And the, the big demon-like enemy of this concept is the, what, this weird thing that we've made up in, in, in the time we live in that we call da'wah. Yes, da'wah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an issue. But the Nasrani, Nasara-like obsession that we have that we're not making da'wah properly if people don't listen to us. Rasulullah did he make da'wah properly? Did he use good akhlaq? Did he use hikmah? Did everyone listen to him? No, some of his closest relatives, his uncles, his cousins, they were, they, they were haters. They just didn't listen. And so while we're uh, stuck in the torture chamber of like, you know, worrying about why don't people love us, um, great portions of the deen pass us by. And again, this doesn't mean like be a jerk or whatever, because the point before was to follow the sunnah, and the sunnah is to have good akhlaq, concern for people, this, that, and the other thing. But ultimately, this obsession that like, uh, uh, you know, oh, I used a miswak one time, and that's why someone didn't become a Muslim, like, you know, 20 years later. Come on, you have to let it go. It's not, that's, that's ultimately Allah Ta'ala chose the deen to be such a thing, and He chose that person to be such a person, and He decided that person is not going to accept it. That person made the choice that this is the deen of Allah Ta'ala, I'm not going to accept it. Right, so you not using a miswak, all it does is it deprives you of some piece of the sunnah. It doesn't benefit them at all, and it, 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 it sorry, it doesn't benefit them at all, and it harms you. It harms you, uh, and so this is something that that that's like it's a it's it's an important part of the deen. We have to teach it to our children. We have to. There's so many like weird parts of our our society completely break down because of things like this. Um, that we're just so afraid of everybody. We're afraid of, we're just afraid of everybody that what are they going to say? What are they going to do? What are they gonna do? And it's good. It's good to like be concerned with people, right? So if your wife is, or your husband is like, you know, wants to eat at Main Stop and you want to eat at Mr. Brost, then you know what? Just go to Main Stop. Make them happy, right? Why? Because it doesn't have to do anything with Dean, right? Both places are Hafsa certified. Rafa like inspected both of them earlier in the week. It's, it, they're, they're clear, there's no real substantive difference between them, you know. Um, but the the issue is what the, the 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 issue is that when it comes to issue matters of deen, you know, you just have to just do what you need to do. And if people don't like it or if they like it, just don't worry about it. Allah Taala, and this is again, this is not like 
oh, look, Hamza is, like, making a cult that's going to make, like, you know, children fight with their parents and husbands and wife fight with each other and cause strife, sectarian strife and disorder in the masjid or in general society. Allah Ta'ala himself says, right, he says, وَلَا تُطِعِ الْكَافِرِينَ وَالْمُنَافِقِينَ وَدَعَذَاهُمْ وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ وَكِيلًا He says, don't, don't follow the, 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 the kuffar, the kafirin, and don't follow the munafiqin, the hypocrites. And the things that they'll say, they'll say to you that are harmful, just leave it alone. Don't even worry about it. Right? Bill O'Reilly gets up on TV and gesticulates with his big arms. He has, Allah gave him other problems to worry about now. Right? Uh, the, the man who looks like he has an orange dead cat stapled to his head with the tail, like whatever, comb over, like over his bald spot. Right? Who cares what he says? All of his minions, Steve Bannon and Patanikya, weird people, like all of these guys. Who cares what any of them say? People lose sleep at night because of those people. They should be losing sleep at night because of Allah. Right? And then it trickles down. And the thing is, from those people, anyone can, it's easy. You can pump people up in a band. They'll like get over it a little bit, right? It hurts when it comes from your loved ones, from your family, from your relatives. I think about Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Even his uncle Abu Talib, who you know Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, these people are like horrible people anyway, right? It hurt him even that they didn't become Muslim. What hurt him the most? Abu Talib, who's his uncle, who was like so close to him and so sweet to him, and it's part of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam's nature to uh, 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 honor people and treat people good anyway. Then what do you think about the one who is such a close relative and did so much for him that he has a, 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 a debt of, of gratitude that he wishes to repay him? It hurt him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But what does, it, what does it mean? Does it mean that he compromised in his deen? They asked, he asked for compromise in the deen. Abu Talib asked on his deathbed, uh, by which Quraysh would have made sulh with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They would have rectified their, 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 what was broken between them. And Rasulullah sallallahu said to the same Abu Talib in his deathbed, he said, if they put the sun in my right hand and they put the moon in my left hand, I wouldn't change a thing. Tell me, is this, what is this like? How does it fit into the modern concept of da'wah where people, oh, shave your beard and wear a suit so that people will love you, you know? Okay, you can wear a suit if you want. That's not like a shari'i issue, but whatever. Take your hijab off because people are scared of Muslims or whatever. Come on, leave it alone. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not the path of Rasulullah wasallam, And it's not the path that's chalked out in the book of Allah Ta'ala. And the fifth one, ar-ruju'u ilallah, uh, sorry, the uh, fourth one is ar-rida anillahi ta'ala fil qalili wal-kathir. Being equally happy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you have little and when you have plenty. And the first, the hard lesson, first hard lesson for most normal human beings is to be happy when they have a little bit. And then some people become so habituated to that when they have, Allah Ta'ala starts giving them ni'mah, they freak out. So the second lesson is even harder to learn is that, okay, no, it's okay even if Allah gave you a lot. There's adab and a hay'ah a person has to have with that as well. And so you see in the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, there are different, there are different uh, 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 people who have different, they, they have a different example in them for you, for how your life is. There are amongst them the people who are wealthy in jahiliyyah and they become destitute in Islam. There are amongst them those who are uh, wealthy in jahiliyyah and wealthy in Islam. There are amongst them the ones who are destitute in jahiliyyah and they became wealthy in Islam. And there are from amongst them those who are destitute in jahiliyyah and they are destitute in Islam as well. Uh, uh, and, and so all of them, 
learn how to navigate this. That whatever Allah Ta'ala chose for us, and we should say these things. It's not, you know, cause sometimes some of these things we don't say them because you don't want to look like, you know, pious or show off or whatever in front of people. We should repeat these things with one another so that maybe the heart, the reality comes into the heart one day. That when something happens, whatever it is, you say that the choice Allah made for me is better than the choice I make for myself. The choice Allah Ta'ala made for my loved ones better than the choice that they made for themselves. This is always the case, absolutely, from, from, from the universal perspective. From our own perspective, it's always the case as long as we have iman. Whoever believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the choice He makes for us is better than, 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 than the, what we could have made for ourselves. And in an absolute sense, not even just like, okay, it's somehow true or whatever. Someone might say, well, how come, how come I didn't you know, like get a, you know, whatever, a billion dollars and I could still die on iman? No, this is better. You'll, you'll understand why there's no other way it would have been as good as it is this way. Uh, uh, so a person should be pleased with Allah Ta'ala Allah Most High in, 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 in having little and in having plenty and then the fifth point is always returning everything to Allah Ta'ala when you're happy or when you're in affliction everything remembering Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala when you're in a good state when you're in a bad state uh, everything re- returning to Allah Ta'ala when you do a good deed and when you commit a sin there's no description of the believer in any of the nusus that say that the believer is the one who doesn't commit sin or doesn't make a mistake or doesn't have a bad day or doesn't have an off day or whatever. But in everything, you return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in everything. You return to His remembrance, you return to His deen, you return to uh, thinking about Him uh, in every single thing that you do. So the shaykh continues, فَتَحْقِيقُ taqwa. So he explains, explains, these things in a little bit of detail. He says, He says that the, the, the way you, you can know that your taqwa is reaching, going somewhere. Not that you're like, oh, okay, I fear Allah as much as I can, do to do, and just go on with your day and nothing changes, right? The way you know that your taqwa is going somewhere is in two things. One is you cautiousness that the, 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 the things that you used to do yesterday, you scrutinize them, and uh, uh, they don't seem like they're good enough anymore. And this is, this is something like when, when like a suit, suited, booted Farangi tells it to you, it's like a big like revelation, but when the Mulvi Saab tells it to you, you're like, yeah, whatever, right? Um, what, what, did, what, what did they, that guy wrote a book about like how 80% of the things that you do get you 20% of the results, and 20% of the things that you do get you 80% of your results. What is that? That you go through every day, all the things that you do, everything you say, everything you eat, everywhere place you go, every person you meet, all of those things, and see where am I getting the benefit from, and where is the harm coming from, or where might, and once you remove the harm, where might the harm come from? What are the places that the, the harm might come from? Where the loss might come from? I have, I mean, you know, people are going to get up on me for using the Hafsa like example again and again, but it's true, right? You know, one place, everything that the, the inspector went and saw everything that came into that place and out. The other place you don't know, you're like ordering whatever the salad. You don't know the knife is using, being used to cut the ham before you go to the whatever. And 
these things, you should think about them. And someone might say, well, Sheikh, that's like a level of waswasa. It's not haram. Hukman, you can assume that this and you can assume. Of course, wonder, wonderful. That's great. But what the kefiyah of taqwa inside of the heart is what? When you have a choice between the two matters, why would you choose the thing that has less, that has more chance of harming you than the thing that has less chance of harming you? Why, 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 why would you do that? You know, uh, you're, you know, you're about to fly, fly out of the country or into the country, and so you have like, you know, you know, $10,050 in cash, and... $9,950 in cash. What's the difference? It's just $100. If you take that one bill out, you'll go through safely. If you leave that one bill in, they probably won't check. I mean, our, when we leave the country, nobody checks anything anyway, right? Uh, the TSA, they're not, they're, to, they're not customs officers. So... But why would, you, why would you take the chance? If they find that, that you're 50 bucks over the limit and you didn't declare it, what will they do? they'll take the entire thing away from you. Why would you do that? It's just stupid, right? Someone's like, no, no, you don't understand. I have to this, I have to that. Okay. If you absolutely have to, like, you know, you know if I don't get $10,050 to, uh, you know, such and such person in London, you know, they kidnap my cat, they're going to, like, throw it off a cliff. Okay, fine, you're in a, some unique situation of difficulty or whatever, then whatever. But the, the ones who are not, why would you do that? Uh, it's, just, it's just stupid. We wouldn't do it with our dunya, why would, which is limited and perishing. Why would we do it with our akhirah, which is uh, unlimited and lasts forever? The first is al-wara and the, the second is al-istiqama, that the good things that you do do, that you're consistent in them, they're not just one-off and, and, and then like you just don't see the person again until Ramadan. That person being yourself and myself, right? That's those are the two signs that you actually have taqwa from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And Sidi Ahmed Zarruqi writes in a, in, a, in, a, in a small nazam somewhere else. He says, "Aswasiru fi taqwa wal istiqama, fil yaqini akbar al karama." That the whole secret of the Deen can be distilled to what uh, 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 fearing Allah Taala and having having uh, istiqama, being continuous in it, not changing. Uh, uh, and and the largest, the greatest miracle of Allah Ta'ala is not that a person walks on water or flies in the air. It's what is that that person has yaqeen inside of their heart. And what's the proof of that? That Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu was described as, uh, uh, that his, his, his iman was such that even if he were to be shown the heavens, uh, it wouldn't increase in his, his yaqeen and his certainty one bit. Um, so how do you know that you're actually having taqwa is two things, that you find yourself scrutinizing things that you didn't scrutinize before and being cautious about everything and constantly tuning. It's not, it's not like an obsessive-compulsive type scrutinization, which is, doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't benefit you or someone else. It doesn't, it's not in conformance with the sunnah and it doesn't go anywhere. Rather, it is a constant process of making things more and more efficient, more and more better, and bringing your heart more and more in line with with the deen of Allah Ta'ala, and having istiqamah in it, that you don't go hard in and hard out, that you, uh, 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 that, that you uh, become like super like pietitis for 40 days, and then afterwards someone sees you clean-shaven having a beer on the street corner. I wish I was making stuff like that up. Those things happen. Uh, uh, so, uh, so those are the two signs. وَتَحْقِيقُ السُنَّةِ وَحُسْنِ الْخُلُقِ and the, the way that you know you're getting somewhere 
that you're actually attaining the the uh, the of the sunnah. You're actually attaining the following the sunnah is that that you uh, um, you you uh, you uh, guard your your deen and your deen is protected and uh, uh, and you have good character that you find yourself forgiving people that really have no business being forgiven and you find yourself being silent even though you want to say something and you find yourself preferring other people over yourself and you find yourself doing all of those things sacrificing from what you have for other people all of those good akhlaq of the rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam that's that's how you know you're getting somewhere with the sunnah which is something some of us who are some of us struggle with so Allah Ta'ala help us but that's how you know you're getting somewhere with the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because that's 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 the greatest part Rasulullah Sallallahu said I wasn't sent except for in order to perfect uh, uh, the most noble of, of, of character the way you know that you're turning away from whether people like you or don't like you uh, is in two things: is that you find yourself able to have patience with hardship, and the second is that you find yourself able to trust in Allah Taala when you're doing something, and like you don't know this, like keeping it real might go very wrong, but you're just like, no, inshallah, I trust in Allah Taala. Whatever happens, you know, it, whatever happens, even if it's rough in the in the short term, in the medium term, in the long term, everything will be. Everything will be all right. In fact, it'll be better because of this. And the realization of being uh, 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 pleased with Allah and having a lot or having a little, uh, the sign of it is that a person is content. They're always, they don't feel like disturbed that I need this, I need that. They're content with what they have and that, that they're, uh, they're happy to leave their affairs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because the person says, well, if I had just this much money, then I could buy a house. And then they get the mortgage. If I had this much money, I could pay it off. And then they pay it off. Then I need this much money so that I can pay the taxes. And then, okay, you get that money. I need this much money because when I become old and I can't work, maybe my children won't support me. Maybe this, Which is fine. There's a, a lot of those things. There's some reasonableness in them. But there's that thing that pushes a person if you don't put it in check, it will go all the way to the point where people will start killing one another for like having $17 billion instead of $16 billion, which are amounts of money you can't even spend in your, in your life even if you tried. Uh, it just becomes ridiculous at some point. So just, just being able to be like, whatever is happening right now or not, uh, I'll, do, I'll do whatever is reasonable, but like, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala, I trust my affairs with Him. Uh, 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 rather than rather than needing to like rectify the own, whole world on my own, because you you can't do it, you just can't. It's big world. You're a small person. I'm a small person. Even if you're, I'm a big person, I'm still a small person, and you just can't do all of that. And if you spend your whole life doing those things, then who's going to who's going to uh, uh, rectify their heart and be prepared for entering Jannah? It's like a person who goes to an airport and he sees that the airport is uh, is like messy which is a lot of airports around here. And so they start sweeping the floor and cleaning up and picking up the garbage. And they get so into it, they miss their onward flight. What's the point? It's fine. It's good to pick up the garbage from here and there. That's nice. But it's not where you're supposed to be. You're just there, to, you're just there for transit. You're just there to change flights. That's what we're here for. Make it as nice as you can for the like whatever seven-hour layover you have. And then afterward, we're leaving. 
There's no, there's, it's not, it's really that simple. وَتَحْقِقُ الرُّجُوعِ إِلَى اللَّهِ بِالْحَمْدِ وَالشُّكْرِ فِي السَّرَّائِ وَالْلَجْئِ إِلَيْهِ فِي الضَّرَّائِ And the, the realization of the realization of returning to Allah Ta'ala in all matters um, is in praising Allah Ta'ala and showing thanks to Allah Ta'ala when you're happy. Praising Allah Ta'ala and showing thanks. Praising is that a person should magnify the greatness of Allah Ta'ala on their tongue and in their heart. And shukr is what? You should give a little bit back. That you do something, either in your actions or in what you give in terms of your money or in something or another to, to, to give a little bit back. It doesn't mean that you're, you're paying Allah Ta'ala back for anything. There's nothing you can do. Even the fact that if a person, their entire everything they had and their entire every day of their life, every moment of their life was spent in Allah's Ibadah, uh, uh, in order to pay him back for whatever whatever uh, uh, gifts he gave, that in of itself, how who's going to give the shukr for even being able to do that? The shukr for that is even greater than the the ni'mah itself. So you're just never going to get there. But it doesn't mean that you're allowed to give it up. This is a real. This is a spiritual sickness. Allah is for He for Rahim. So you just stop asking. Allah Taala gives. So you just stop trying. You. You don't, you don't, you don't do that. It doesn't mean that your 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 seeking forgiveness is generating his forgiveness. It doesn't mean that your your attempt and your effort is generating the results. But you don't give up those things either. That's what the slavehood is. That's what Allah wants you to do. He he gives you all these other things. All he wants from you is that you just try, that you just ask, that you just you know you you, you try your best. <coughs> So the hamd is in the tongue and in the heart, and the, the shukr is in the body and in the wealth. It's in the mal and in the nafs. And that a person should, that a person should seek refuge in him when times are difficult. And everyone goes through difficulty. Everyone goes through pain, everyone goes through suffering, everyone goes through like co-workers and a boss that are going to drive you insane. Everybody has some moments with their significant others that are slightly more vexing than the honeymoon. It happens. It's normal. What is the sign of being on the tariq is what is that it wakes you up a couple of minutes before Fajr comes in and you pray two rakahs and when you have nobody else, you're grown up now, you're no longer allowed to like watch Sesame Street and sleep until 11 o'clock. You have to like pay your bills and you have to, you know, if you stop, stop, you know, caring about your responsibilities, everything in your life falls apart. That's kind of bogus sometimes. A person's stress of that hurts people. And uh, uh, there are a lot of people who just drop out of society. And I think this is one of the reasons why why we see in the time and age we live in what is not a, some, a modern phenomenon, but it's just quant- quantitatively increased. Just people being weird. Somebody has their alternative uh, lifestyle. It's not like people didn't have those things before, but now it just becomes weird. And some people become weird, Star Trek and whatever. People like listening to stories in the old days as well, but like people just going crazy off the, off the, off the edge, off the cliff with regards to sports, with regards to all these things. Why is it? It's an escapism from a life that had to have responsibility in the past as well, 
but that responsibility is like mounting, 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 mounting on a person to the point it's so stressful people cannot even find time to you know, eat properly in the day and some person because they're not eating properly they, they're emaciated, the other person because they're not eating properly they're, they're, they're overweight because the next person is not eating properly, it causes this problem, all these weird problems because of the stress. What, what is the thing that dissipates the stress? You ever seen like, uh, 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 you know, the weird, they give weird infomercials with this miracle cleaner, it will strip off all the rust, it will this, it will that, it will the other thing. All you have to do is sit for the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala for some time. Five minutes, not, it's ten minutes, not going to kill you. The old people in the old days, there's one of the awliya of Allah Ta'ala is buried in the, in the city. Abdul Aziz Dabbaf, inshallah, maybe we'll go and see his mazar inside of the, inside of the Medina. Um, he was a completely illiterate person. Like Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and so Allahu alam. I, I, you know, I, some a brother read one of his books, and he said that he read his book in which he described his life that he was a person who liked dhikr and this, that, and the other thing. And so he mentions that his his he, he one day met Sayyidina Khidr alayhi salam, and uh, he begged him, "Give me the give me give me the word," and he said, "I'll I, I won't give it to you because you won't do it. It's too much for you." He says, he says, no, I, pr- I promise, I swear I'll do it. And he, he, says, that, he says that, no, you're not going to do it. He says, no, no, I swear, I promise I'll do it. And he begs him, and finally he gives it to him. He says, it's so long. He says, I'll start after, I'll start, I'll start after Fajr, and uh, uh, literally it will take me till Isha to finish. And then I keep doing it, and then eventually I can finish it by Maghrib, eventually I can finish it by, by Asr, eventually I can finish it by Zuhr, eventually I can, and then... There's other parts of the, the, the story of what happens. People used to have himma for those things in in, in, in certain time. <clears throat> Bad news, we're probably not those people. I hate to be a jerk. I would be the happiest person if you proved me wrong. Really, I would. It would make me so happy if you proved me wrong. I would say, I was wrong. This person is like that. If that's not the case, though, that again, it doesn't mean that you give it up completely. Even five minutes of the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, if it's done with intent and with presence of mind, it can take a person a long ways. That a person, this is a certain type of dhikr that a person should seek refuge in Allah Ta'ala. Like refugee flees from their country to go to the next country in order to be safe because there's no bombs and there's no firing and there's no secret police and none of that gas attacks and any, any of that stuff. That you seek refuge in Allah Ta'ala. When, because what? Because just because you're a person of dhikr and you have your deen together and whatever, it doesn't mean you don't feel pain or you don't, you know, stuff doesn't harm you. And I, I think that many people make a great disservice when they portray wilaya to be some sort of like, you know, like pe- people are like, what are f- firing machine guns at Magneto and he's making the bullets swirl around in the air. It's not like that. If that was the case, why would the world be the way it is? It doesn't, it's not like that at all. I think people make a disservice when they say that. People, those people, they do feel harm from these things. But when you seek refuge in Allah Ta'ala, then you have a mighty refuge. Then big things happen as well. Uh, uh, and, and that's something that we should not, not only not feel ashamed of doing, we should, we should practice doing more, more often. That's the Khatme Khajgan that we, we read in the, that we read in the Ribat after Riyadh the Salihin. Al-Laj'u means what? It means refuge. La malja'a wa la manja min Allah illa ilayhi means what? That there's no refuge and there's no salvation or being saved from Allah Ta'ala except for with Allah Ta'ala. 
uh, and so the the tahqiq of what of returning to Allah in happiness and in affliction is in happiness that you have that you praise Him and you show shukr to Him, and in affliction uh, uh, you uh, you seek refuge in Him first before resorting to any other means and resorting to your own intelligence and your own money and your own you know wits and your own all of these other things before any of those things that you return to Him and then you see the help that He He gives you in solving those things that seem unsolvable. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala give us uh, so much tawfiq. Inshallah, we'll continue with the. We'll continue with the uh, the book tomorrow, and uh, uh, inshallah, uh, um, hopefully, we'll finish it before the end of the the trip. Wassalamu ala Rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.